episode seven. Forrest is here. Now, Antoinette is not here, and before you cut it off, just know that we're still going to talk about something interesting. It just won't be as interesting to talk about. Uh, I love talking with people, so two heads are always better than one. So we miss her, but she'll be definitely back in the upcoming episodes. With that being said, I had a lot of conversations with her this week about the topic of the Bible. So we decided to do this podcast about reading the Bible. So I'm titling it, Reading is Fundamental. And we'll get back into that in a second. Some housekeeping, make sure you go to uh, likewiselife.com and go do likewise on Instagram and all those uh, social media outlets. I love when she writes. I think what she does uh, is a breath of fresh air. I think it's needed. I hope more young women stand up for their faith and understand what that means. Uh, as far as Real Church Matters, realchurchmatters.com. I appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, the listenership has been growing with every episode. We get more people. We get more people in different places. So I'm so excited about that. Uh, into the the podcast. Yeah, I can't do podcasts without doing a podcast about reading the Bible. So I'm, I'm calling this reading this fundamental because ultimately I grew up in Baltimore. And when I was growing up, Baltimore was uh, having an issue with literacy. And so they came up with a campaign called Baltimore, the city that reads. And uh, that was during the mayor smoke years. And uh, during that time, they, they also came up with the campaign of reading is fundamental. I always thought it was interesting to say reading is fundamental because you would have to be able to read to read a word like fundamental. So I, I can remember struggling to even read the word and I can remember trying to look it up and make sure I understood what it meant. But um, reading is fundamental. It's very essential to our growth um, in, a, in a natural manner. You know, when a kid has issues reading, they will have issues in every other aspect of their educational journey. Um, so it's fundamental that they get this. It's, it's a building block. It's the foundation for everything else that they will do in their scholastic careers. Everything they will do in their lifetime is predicated on reading. People do get away and, and do make, make do and do get by being illiterate, but life is much easier. And being able to navigate this life is beneficial when you can read. So the same is for reading the word. So that's why I say reading is fundamental uh, in this context, even reading the Bible. But why do we have such a hard time reading the Bible? Why are we scripturally illiterate? Why is it that people, you know, fall asleep reading the word? Why is it that they struggle to to take time to read the Bible? You know, it's one of those things where as we continue to Grow in Christ, we think that our appetite for the word will grow, but ultimately it doesn't work that way. And so I, I had a few stories to um, share from the word, but also a few points that Antoinette shared with me that I thought were interesting. Number one, she said, reading the word can be overwhelming. And I think a lot of times why reading the word can be overwhelming to us is because of the, um, the stigma that goes along with the Bible. 
And Christians don't help it. You know, we talk about the Greek and the Hebrew and we talk about translations and there's over countless translations. There's over countless commentaries. There's countless schools dedicated to teach people the word. And then there's people who go to the schools. And so when you come to church, you're just coming to church fresh, you know, Sunday, you're sitting down and you're being taught by somebody who has all of these literary uh, accolades connected to the word. And you think, well, he knows more than me and he can read this better than me because he's been schooled on it. When the word would always was always meant to be read by everyone and understood by everyone. Um, and, and when we don't understand, there are ways that we can go about it. But the, the, the stigma that goes with the word in which it's overwhelming can be solved with one thing. Just read it. And, and don't read it trying to understand. Just read it. If you, if you start from the point of reading it and, and see what comes to you, I think sometimes we get frustrated because we don't know where to start or we don't know uh, what we're supposed to get out of it. So before I go any further, I want you to understand that reading the Bible is so that you might gain understanding about God. It's not so that you can gain understanding about yourself. It's not so you can understand how to navigate things. There's a there's this saying that people have is they call Bible is basic instructions before leaving earth. And while it is uh instructional in it in, in some parts of the Bible, at the core, what the Bible is giving us is an understanding of the God that we serve. And the more that I understand him, the more that I'm connected with him in a way that causes me to grow. As a Christian, you, in a way, you can't really follow someone if you don't know anything about them. And so as we follow Christ, we are supposed to be learning more about him and how he does things. That's how the Bible is instructional. It's instructional in a way that it shows us who God is and how his son served him. And that becomes instructional to us because then we can learn who God is, and how we are to serve him. It's not basic instructions like everything in here is so explicit that you can just list it out. And, oh, should I drink? Well, tell me what page to turn to so I know whether I can drink or not. Or should I smoke? Should I curse? Should I steal money? Uh, it, that's, that's not the way to look at the Bible. It's the way that I used to, and many people still do. Um, I would be depressed and I would go to the index of the Bible and say, let me read all the scriptures about depression. But when I when you look at the Bible in that way, you're disconnected from it in the power and the truth that it can reveal to you. And it's more like any other book that's sitting on your shelf. You want to make a recipe. So you open up the cookbook and you read out the recipe and without any connection to having even a passion for cooking. You can make a dish if you just follow the instructions, but that's not the way Christ works. He does not having you read something and then you follow it, irregardless of whether you even have a passion for him or not. But this book is supposed to stoke the flames of our hearts that causes us to have a passion for God that goes beyond just following instructions. 
And so uh, another thing Antoinette said is sometimes it's hard to understand. She said, I'm not an avid reader, although I enjoy reading. And when I do read, I prefer to read something that doesn't take too much effort to understand. And the reason why I think for a lot of us it's hard to understand is because we're looking for something specific. And so when you open up the Bible and you're looking for something specific, it's hard for you to find it because what you're looking for isn't what the Bible is for. And that's that's what I, I, I just was saying. But even more so, let's say, for instance, you're looking in the Bible for something that can give you peace of mind. And so you're reading the Bible and you're reading it and you're trying to find places and nothing is connecting. And it's because you're trying to find peace before you're trying to find God. You should be opening the Bible to understand God and in understanding him, you will have peace. There's a scripture in the Bible that says he will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind stayed on him. So in essence, How do I keep my mind stayed on him? I am constantly reading his word. His word is him. So as I continue to read his word and continue to understand about him, and that's all I'm looking for, I begin to unfold something in my life that creates peace. But peace isn't laying in between the pages as much as God is laying in between the pages and understanding him unveils peace in my life. She said, when I do read something, I like to feel like I'm gaining something. There's been plenty of times I've opened and closed the Bible in a matter of minutes. And after just completely feeling like I'm not connected to it, I feel like I'm wasting my time. So why bother? And I think, once again, this connects back to that thing of what are you looking for? So after we we, we talked about people are looking for the wrong things out of the Bible, um, the next thing is what are you expecting to get after you close that book. When you close that book, people are expecting to gain something that isn't, it isn't realistic because the whole Bible is about getting to know God. And so to, to feel like you're complete in your knowledge after one reading or one passing of reading or multiple ones, that's that you're never going to understand truly what this is. It's like going on a date. You, you know, there's a there's a stigma that like, oh, if you if you sleep with someone on the first date, then that's crazy for some people. You know, they call it a one night stand. So for some people, that's crazy because you don't know the person. So like you should wait a few dates until you get to know them. But ultimately, even in asking that, like, when do you know somebody? When do you know them? Is it four dates? Is it eight dates? Is it 12 dates? When do you know them enough to marry them? Is it one year, two years, three years, four? When we engage with God, we're never knowing him enough. We always can know him more. From the day that I die, I'll always be learning more about God. So for me, It isn't so much about an end game as much as it is the experience. And so for people, you know, it's so much focus on the end game and even a relationship that 
they sometimes miss out on getting to know the person. They're just, where is this going? What's the next step? So with God, don't close the Bible like, oh, when are we going to get to the good part? When are we going to get to the point where I get something? When are we going to get to the point where I feel something? And for for me, I'm, I'm, I'm explaining to you that it's important that you are more caught up in the fact of learning about him than what it is you learn and, and there being a completion or ending to that learning. It's the experience. And that's what the Bible is, the opportunity for me to experience God. And I'm more caught up in the experiences than I am what those experiences can afford me. If anything. So she said, why read when I know I'm going to go to church or Bible study in a couple of days where someone has already done all the work studying who actually gets paid to do it? That's hilarious. And, and the reason you're reading this, because since we know that reading the word is having this engagement, this experience with God, and that's all it's ever about, then I'm never looking at it to gain something. That somebody else can give me. Somebody else can't give me an experience with God. So when I go to church and and somebody teaches me, they're teaching me another aspect of God that I'm not experiencing or understanding on my own. So they add to my experience because they're now telling me about their experience with God. When the preacher preaches, he is preaching what God gave to him. Coupling that with what God gave to you. And then this becomes this four dimensional, five dimensional, six dimensional experience of all of us are feeding into each other. And in this inexhaustible feeling of knowing God that we can never know him enough. Everybody's experiences that, that are shared with us help build us a little bit more. Go a little bit deeper, a little bit further. This is the exciting thing. It's like. Uh, scientists studying things as the years have gone on, as time has gone on, every scientist is building on the last scientist. So experiences like knowing that the earth is round instead of flat. OK, now we can build on that. Let's learn more about the earth or yes, there's space, there's planets. But now we know that there's there's universes in, in the multiverse. And so this is all information is constantly building in something that is inexhaustible because space, the earth, the universe is inexhaustible. It's, we will never know enough. We, you should never feel like you, you learned something and it was like, great, I, I know that. And that's the way that we approach a lot of things in life. And ultimately, it's the reason why we're frustrated in many other play, places, but to keep it focused on the word, you're going to church to get another experience of God because all that we're chasing is God. All that we're chasing is experiences. And these experiences fortify us in our faith. They build us up in our faith. So the more I read my word, the more I'm having experiences with God, the more I am ex- earning something, I'm gaining something that doesn't feel a way. When I look in the Bible and I'm trying to feel good, I'm missing the point of the Bible. The same way a person would be offended if they knew that the man's intention 
And the date wasn't even to get to know them, but to see where this leads to. If there's a payoff, they would feel offended. Like, man, you you don't even want to know who I am. You just want to take me out and hope that it ends with a good night for you. That's the way that we're engaging with the Bible. And we're missing the fundamental nature of it. And so she said it can be discouraging in general when you just feel like people already know so much about the Bible. So what? Insight could little old me possibly have? I think to uh, to think that way, to think about, oh, what what insight could I possibly have, is to miss the point, because insight ultimately is being defined wrong. So if we said that every time that we engage with the Bible, or every time we pray, or every time we worship God. Every time we do anything that engages with God or is supposed to, it gives us an experience. That experience is insight. It gives us an understanding. Now, this understanding isn't qualified by anybody. If you are reading the Bible and you gain something from it and you feel like you understand something, you may share it with somebody else and they don't get it or don't agree or don't appreciate it. But that doesn't matter. Because it was in your reading that you gained an insight. And even when people are wrong now, to me, are wrong, I'm starting to understand the only thing that separates us is time. The only thing that separates me from somebody else is that I I may have spent more time with it. So I can see where they got their answer from. And I, I may have been there before. But as time has gone on, my answer has changed because my experience has grown. Just like when we're teenagers, we've had 18 years of life and all of a sudden we think we know it. And so we start to make these assertions and we have these ideologies and we have these perspectives on life. And then people are looking at us like, you don't even get it yet. 18 more years. Wait till you get 36. You'll figure it out. And ultimately, what happens is that's exactly what happens. We go through more life, we have more experiences, and our perspectives begin to change even more. So now when I hear somebody saying something, I'm like, that's totally wrong. They don't see it in the scripture. How can they not see it? I don't get upset. I'm like, okay, they just need some more time with it. Now, I can share more perspective with them that I've had, and that may help them understand more, or it may not. But I can't judge them because they because of where they're at or whether they're not listening to me. I got to just be like. Encouraging them to just spend more time. Same way we would with that young person, like just live some more life. You'll figure it out. You'll get it. That's how it has to be. It's less about comparative insights as much as it is having insight, spending time, experiencing There is no little old me. There is just us as we continue to grow and build. And she said, there are so many layers to the Bible that it can easily be misconstrued or it can be read out of context. And I don't always feel like doing a book report. And and ultimately, I understand this, Antoinette. I understand. Um, And I'm sharing these because these may kind of be where a lot of us are. Um. And I understand where she's coming from. Like every time I read something, I don't want to have to read four or five other chapters just to get context to it. Or do I? 
The thing is, is when it is about an experience, when it, when it's about becoming clear about who God is and having a better experience of God, don't you want the best experience? And so when I'm reading things to gain context, it's because I want to have the clearest picture of what God is trying to show me about him. But when it's when I don't understand that it's about having a clearer picture of him, then I dread doing the things that the efforts that it takes to get that. It's like me personally, I don't like 3D. Some people do. Every time I put the glasses on, I feel silly. But there are certain movies that in order for you to truly experience it the way it's meant to be experienced, you have to go ahead and put those glasses on. And it bothers me. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I can't believe I'm doing this again. But I'm, I'm going through with it because I know I'm going to get the best experience out of it. And so we have to approach the Bible like that. Yes, it, when, when, when we're looking at studying or reading the Bible through the lens of our natural inclinations, we will always hate it. We're never going to be to the point where, oh, I just love doing this. I don't love doing the things that it takes to have clarity, but I love clarity. The same thing, we don't love cleaning our house, but we love a clean house. We're so caught up in what it is that we're doing that we have to always be understanding of what we're doing it for. I'm doing this to get a better understanding of God because with more understanding of God, I understand this world better and I understand myself better. And I'm able to have peace in situations where I wasn't able to because ultimately I lack peace when I don't understand. I be filled with anxiety when I, I don't understand. And what the Bible gives me is a sense of peace because it shows me how to build my relationship with God. It shows me how to build faith. And these are these are the things that I need in my life. I can't say I could really use patience, but I don't read about the God who can give me patience. I don't get to know him so he can give me patience so his patience can be unveiled in my life. She said, it's not entertaining. Sometimes I just feel like being entertained. It's an honest answer. Um, and ultimately, being a Christian is a weird thing. Um, <laughs> even thinking about it, being a Christian is a weird thing because Ultimately, we are we are divorcing ourselves from ourselves in order to find the truer self. But the self that we know is always in the way and it prevents us from truly engaging in the word. And we, we and the reason it prevents us from truly engaging with the word, which means truly engaging with God, is because it it doesn't allow us to connect with the most natural way that we do things. We usually do things like this. If it interests us, if it stimulates us, if it entertains us, if it makes us feel good, if it's comfortable, if it's enjoyable, we gravitate to it and we do it. And we make sure we do it often because we want to feel good often. But when it comes to Christianity and the Bible and prayer and 
the things that allow us to connect with God. Ultimately, it is not like that. Ultimately, it's about what it means greater than how it makes you feel. And so I'll read the Bible and it, it won't feel great. It'll be boring sometimes. It'll be uh, um, frustrating sometimes. But because of I understand what it means to do it, I do it. You know, it, it, sometimes um, when, when you hear people say things like this, you want to just tell them grow up because that's what it means to be an adult. You know, adults don't feel like going to work, but they do because they understand what going to work means. They, they know it means I have a home. It means I have money to take care of my children if I have them or money to take care of my incidentals or my necessities. Um, they, when we understand what something means, it propels us to do even when we don't enjoy it. And so the fact that people want something out of Christianity that you shouldn't even be expecting out of your adult life is scary to me. But I know that, that it's, it's a growth in us. And that's why I'm sharing this is that for, for you, you all who are looking for the Bible to be something amazing or enjoyable to your, I hate to use the word flesh, but to your flesh, to the natural person you are, to, to the humanity of you, then you're missing the point. That's not what it's for. That's not what it's for. And, and it's not even supposed to be entertaining to the spirit. You know, people flip it that way and say, it's not entertaining to your body, but it's entertaining to your soul. No, ultimately, it means something. And so because it means something, it doesn't matter how it feels. I will do it because what it means is so important. She said it can feel redundant after hearing the word for so long, after hearing so many different interpretations of scriptures. And once again, when we talk of things of interpretation as opposed to experience or insight, where we, we find ourselves in the place that a lot of church people are at, where there's a constant bickering about interpretation. The biggest issue in interpretation these days is tithing, whether we should tithe or whether we shouldn't. But when we get caught up and quibble in those those uh, those issues, we miss the meaning. So the meaning is, is no matter where you go in the Bible, people gave. And they gave from a heart to try to please God. And so ultimately, even me, like I take a step back now and I'm like, at the end of the day, half the people who are tithing are not even tithing to the truest sense of either letter of the law, whether it's uh, literal or interpretative, because you're lacking the heart in which it was done in. And so you, because you lack the heart, you, you lack the meaning of it. <laughs> this is how someone can get married. And then, so since they don't understand that the act of marriage and what it means, they, they do it and they're trying to make it look like something. But because their heart isn't truly connected to the true meaning of it, once it doesn't feel good, once it's uncomfortable, once it's not enjoyable, they have no qualms with breaking it. And so this is the same thing with the Bible. You, you're, you're engaging in something, or at least you're trying to engage in something that you don't even truly understand the meaning of. So every time you, you, you feel uncomfortable or frustrated or whatever, you break your connection with it. And, and that's not what the Bible is about. And it's about 
experiencing God and even to the sense of translations. You know, people say the King James Version is the truest way. And when you read these other versions, they they water it down or they sully it. But ultimately, we're parsing words because what is being lost is meaning. And for a lot of people, reading the King James Version is not the English language to them. Why? Because it is a more formal language than the informal language that we engage with every day. And so certain people can hear a word and not even truly understand what it means. I'm so surprised at how many people don't know the meaning of words. And that's not to knock them. It's just everybody comes from different walks of life and they don't engage with the English language in the, in the same way. So when the Bible says uh, there's fruit meat for repentance, Jesus says that we should have fruit meat for repentance. The, the word meat is M-E-E-T. No one, uh, not many people understand what that means just at first glance. They, they use context clues to try to understand it. But to, to, to say that's the way we talk today, that's not the way we talk. That's, that's just not the way we, we engage with people. So what's the what what they can benefit from reading another translation is they they get past the barrier of not knowing that word so they can get to knowing the word of God. So when they go and they, they're starting to read uh, the message Bible. They can get a better understanding of what God is saying. Oh, he's saying that we should have a life that proves that we truly are repentive. Yeah. Yeah. And you get mad at them because they got it that way instead of sitting there and reading three or four dictionaries or some concordances or four or five commentaries. But that's not what the Bible is about. The Bible was never about the commentary, the concordance and the dictionary. The Bible was about the Bible, the words from these men that help us gain a better understanding of God. And when you add these other hurdles in, you missed the point. And so even with gaining context of things, it is good to, to share with other people. And some people are going to do more engaging with the Bible than you. But ultimately, if you're pursuant of understanding God, then you're going to have something to bring to the table as well. So, uh, you know, just to round it all out, I can't do this without sharing some scriptures. So in Acts chapter 8, verse 29 through 39, the spirit told Philip to climb into a charity chariot running alongside. Philip heard a eunuch reading Isaiah, the book of Isaiah. At this time, um, these were already beginning to be written down and transcribed. So he was sitting and he was reading Isaiah and Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And he answered, how can I without some help? And, and invited Philip into the chariot with him. And the passage he was reading was, um, they shared a passage within the scripture. It says, as a sheep led to the slaughter, quiet as a lamb being sheared, he was silent, saying nothing. He was mocked and put down, never got a fair trial. But who can count his kin since he's been taken from the earth? And the eunuch said, tell me, who is the prophet talking about, himself or somebody else? And Philip jumped at the chance to share with them. And he said, using this passage as his text, he preached about Jesus to him. 
who that's who they were talking about, the sheep that was being led to the slaughter. That was Jesus. So Philip took the time to share with him and give him understanding. But there's two things that are happening in this this engagement that I want to make sure you understand. Number one, understanding didn't stop the eunuch from reading. He just continued to read. He didn't know somebody was going to come by, but he read because he, he, he felt like if I can just keep reading, I'll gain understanding. And he might have gained understanding, or at least I believe that he guaranteed that he would have gained understanding just by continually reading it. But Philip came along and that's a blessing because he was able to receive from Philip understanding because he was willing to. Now, to put this in another context, I remember being in second grade and struggling with multiplication. And my teacher always said, don't worry about it because it's, it's early and you're going to really learn it in third grade. And I was frustrated because all my classmates, because, you know, I was in an accelerated class. All my class, classmates were killing multiplication at this time. And I wasn't. And. You know, she said, well, I'll, I'll spend more time with you after school if you want. And I didn't want that. I, I just didn't want anybody helping me. I wanted to get it like my friends got it. And so I spent more time. And, and it's weird how we, we never remember the moment it clicked, but we just know it does. At, at one point, it just clicked. And I was able to get it. I was doing my nines, my eights, my sevens, and I, I just had it. And I was so excited that I, it just clicked and I understood it. And that's how it is with the word. But if you don't engage with it and spend time with it, you won't understand. We aren't patient. We aren't patient with a lot of things in life, but especially when it comes to this word, we're not patient. And, and I think that <clears throat> it's finding that time to put into the word. It's finding that patience. To put into the word that will allow us to understand. And then there are times when people will come and help us in our understanding. But see, it wasn't just knowing. Because after he understood it, the eunuch looked over at the water and he said, is there anything in the word that says I can't be baptized over there? You see, the word hit his heart and it caused him to want a deeper experience with God that we could see expressed by his desire to be baptized. A lot of us, I, you know, I don't really know if you are engaging with the Bible in order for you to have this great experience with God so that you might move deeper in him. I don't know. So I think some people are just reading the Bible and you feel like it's supposed to give you something. Other than God. But all it has for you is God. That's what the scriptures hold. John 539 says you search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life and it is they that bear witness about me. So Jesus is explaining to these uh, Pharisees that though they read the Bible, they're reading it with the express intent to receive heaven. And he says, you missed the point. The Bible isn't your ticket into heaven. 
It isn't a treasure map that takes you along a path and takes you to heaven. It bears witness of who Christ is. So if you want to know Christ, you want to know the word. But if your interest is not in Christ, then the Bible won't interest you. It never will. You'll do the scriptures. You'll read the scriptures. You'll memorize the scriptures. You may even struggle to follow the scriptures, but you'll never engage with the word the way it was meant to. It's, it's almost like. It's like. Listening to a song. But not really understanding what the songwriter is talking about. And then all of a sudden you get older and you listen to the song again. And you're like, oh. Oh, I get it. Now, all of a sudden, this song means so much more because now you understand the experience of the writer. The song is building, it's engaging because it has meaning behind it now. It's like you're living life, you're living life. All of a sudden, you you experience these scriptures and you're like, oh, I get it now. My, my mother means more to me now. In light of the scripture, my wife means more to me now in light of the scripture. My job means more to me now in light of the scripture. Money means something different to me now in light of the scripture. Because the scripture gives us the experience of God that changes our our perspective. It says, let this mind be in you who's also in Christ Jesus. What? How do you let this mind in if you don't let the word in? Matthew chapter 22, verse 28 through 30 says, eventually the wife died. Now, the the Pharisees were trying to trip Jesus up. They were asking a question. They said, "Okay, this man's wife, this man's uh, this man dies and his wife is uh, marries his brother. And she then he dies and then she marries another brother. And he says, eventually the wife dies. And they saying, when she go to heaven, whose wife is she? (laughs) whose whose wife is she? And Jesus says in verse 29, he says, you're off base on two counts. You don't know your Bible and you don't know how God works. (laughs) He said at the resurrection, we're beyond marriage as with the angels, all our ecstasies and intimacies then will be with God. And Jesus is is so awesome in a sense because he helps us so much is that a lot of us, we're off base on things in our lives because we're off base on two counts. We don't know our Bible and we don't know how God works. And if you want to know how God works, then you better know the Bible. So we're, we get caught up like these people sitting around quibbling over situational things, things about life that we don't understand because we don't engage with the Bible. And in this, since we don't engage with the Bible, we don't even understand how God works and how our lives work in to, way, to the way that he works. You're missing it. Jesus had to tell them, he said, y'all off. You, you don't know the Bible. But that's your job. Your job is to know so that you can expand your mind to the truth so you can understand it greater. So that you can build your faith so that your experiences with life are not misguided. That's what the word is for. Luke 24, 44 through 47. 
says, then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. So during this time, this is Jesus was crucified and he rose from the dead and he was walking amongst the people who followed him, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't know who Jesus was. They, they didn't realize it because they were darkened in their understanding. So Jesus told him, he said, these are my words. I spoke to you while I was still with you. That everything written about me in the word can, would be fulfilled. This is verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture and said to them, thus it is written that Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead. So why are y'all crying? Why were, you, why were they upset? Why were they disappointed? Because they didn't fully understand the scriptures that were even being spoken to them by the very Christ. And so he sat with them and opened their minds to understand the scriptures. This is why we go to church, because oftentimes we need help opening our minds to understand the scriptures. Sometimes Jesus is right in front of us and we don't see him because we are so caught up in the things of life. Sometimes we're so caught up in the situations that we don't even have a mind to, to understand the scripture. You so depressed that you reading scriptures about depression, but you can't really unveil those scriptures because your mind is more focused on being depressed than on God. And so having people come in and give you perspective and open your mind about it helps. Romans 15 and 4 says, for whatever was written in former days, it was written for our instruction. That through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Another thing is the scriptures encourage us. They encourage us to understand that there is something greater than now. And when we focused on the greater, the thing that is to come. And we live our life according to the thing that is to come. That's having hope. When I operate from the evidence of hope, I'm growing. When I operate from the evidence of hope, I'm connected to God. I have faith. How can I if I don't read the word? He said faith is the substance of things hoped for. What is the Bible but the substance of things hoped for? He said, faith is the evidence of things not seen. What is the Bible but evidence of things not seen? Psalms 119 and 50 says, this is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. More life. So we all say that we want comfort, but you don't even see the word as comfort. We all say we want life. We want to feel rejuvenated. We want to feel a purpose. We want to feel connected. We want to feel alive. But we don't want to connect to the word. Man. Second Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, Equipped for every good work. So, number one, I said that the scriptures encourage us. Number two, I said the scriptures comfort us. 
and give us life, give us a sense of purpose. And then number four, the scriptures build us. They make us complete. They equip us. Number five, they equip us and get us prepared for what? The good work. The good work. If you don't understand who God is and how he works, how can you work? Let me back it up again. If you don't understand who God is and how he works and how his son worked, then how will you ever get to work? And since that's the way that we are pleasing God, how can you say you please God and you don't even know how to please him? Once again, your intent of reading the word is never to find out how to please God. It's always to find out how God's going to please you. That's the hard truth. It's the honest truth. It's just because you read something don't mean you read it. Sometimes you got to read the word and then let it read you. Sometimes you got to connect and just sit and meditate on the word until it finds out where you are and reveals you to you so that you can see, man, I'm too much in me. Let me move higher. Let me go greater. Let me push further to Christ. Last week, we talked about serious inquiries only to close everything out. And one thing I didn't share and I think is very important is the word inquiry means that we are looking for something. We're asking someone about something. And so our inquiries about God should always be about him. I want to know about you, God. I don't want to know what you can do for me. I want to know who you are. I'm not even going to talk about, I want to know what I could do for you. You'll, you'll get to that point once you know who God is. Because he's going to, and in the experience with you, he's going to put you to work. In Isaiah, he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. And in the experience of who God is, all of a sudden it took him over and and. And, and God told him what to do. And he said, I'm, I'm a man of unclean lips. <laughs> Immediately, he, he didn't feel like he was prepared. But God said, I'm going to put what to say on your lips. What am I saying here? I'm saying that in our engagement with God, when we are just trying to find God, who knows what will happen next? If you don't read the word, we know that you will never experience the greatest part of God. But if you read it, we have no clue. We have no idea of where God is going to take you, where where the word will take you. I never knew that the word would take me to the point that I'm at. I never knew that I would be to the point where I sit and can read the word for hours. But how would I know if I never engaged with God? Do you know what I'm saying? Like It's in that engagement that is going to take us to a place that we've never been before. And my prayer is that as each of us read the scriptures, that you begin to see a, a greater purpose for reading. That you, you, you don't get caught up in the minutiae, in the definitions and terminology. Find you a translation that resonates with the way that you speak. Keep the, the focus on the message. Keep the focus on the meaning. Don't entertain yourself 
about entertaining yourself. Grow up. Do things for the meaning of it and less about the enjoyment. Understand that it's about the engagement, the experience, and less about the outcome. That's it for today. I, I pray that you receive something. Um, I'm, I'm very excited about where the podcast is going. I'm excited about you all listening to this and getting more excited about reading your word. If you have any questions, ask me at realchurchmatters.com. God bless. God bless.